Good morning, North Park. It is great to see everybody here in the room. Uh, I think everybody got the memo that we have one service today, huh? Yeah? So let's, let's see the hands of all the, uh, the first service attendees. Okay, you guys are good scattered. How about second service? It should be, should be everybody else. All right, well, it is great to have you here. Um, happy Memorial Day weekend. Uh, let's just go ahead and let's stand and let's just sing to our king. worship our King. Come let us bow at His feet. He has done great things. See what our Savior has done. See how His love overcomes. He has done great things. He has done great things. Awake 
right. All right. Well, good morning, everybody. My name's Claudio. Nice to see you all here this morning. This is really cool. This is awesome. So glad to see you guys made it. Did everybody get one of these, our communication connection card? If you haven't, make sure you grab one, get it filled out in the front, flip it over. There's some boxes to check if you need to do so. This is also a great place to put your offerings and tithe for those who consider North Park their home church. So also, too, that's, I'm so excited for this coming weekend because the car show is upon us. Yeah, did you guys attend the one last year? Was that good? That was, that was unbelievable. We had well over 100 cars, lots of people here on campus. So this is this weekend, this Saturday, from 10 to 2, uh, the 3rd. Come on out, and there'll be food trucks here. There's going to be face painting for the kids. There'll be all kinds of activities going on, some vendor booths. Uh, uh, Jody Joe, our own Jody Joe, will be emceeing the event. Yeah, give chills for Jody. Yeah, hey, Jody. And also, too, um, we'll have music there played from our, our DJ Deluxe. Uh, Joseph Zenith will be here doing that. So that's this Saturday. Make sure to make it. And also, too, we have, uh, hey, one service Sunday, which is starting today. This will run through September 3rd. So make sure that you don't think it's just one time. So this is going to go until the uh, September 3rd. Then we'll go back on our regular schedule at that point. Summer adventure, it's coming soon. Volunteers are needed. I tell you guys, if you guys haven't walked around and seen this summer adventure, I wandered on campus last year. It was unbelievable. The amount of just joy and full of noise and people and all kinds of cool things going on. So we need some volunteers for that. So if you feel like you want to do that and have three days of fun with the kids and with the, the adults too, come ahead and sign up for that. You can register now. Or you can see Pastor Candy on that. Uh, so all this information is available at northparkchurch.org. So you can go there and find out just about anything you like. So Memorial Weekend, um, just like to say that we just want to remember those that never made it home and those that fought for our country. So check out this video for you so we have right here. How do we say thank you to those who gave everything? How do we honor the men and women who made the ultimate sacrifice for our freedom? We say thank you by remembering. Today, we honor our heroes. Lives given not in vain, but with purpose. We stand grateful for their courage, their strength, and their resolve. For the fabric of America is stitched together by the thread of the brave. Today, we remember, and we will never forget. Yeah, let's all let's all stand and as we continue to worship.
Let love explode. Let love explode and bring the dead to life. A love so bold to see a revolution somehow. Let love explode and bring the dead to life. Love so bold to see a revolution somehow. Now I'm lost in your freedom. Oh, this world I'll overcome. My God's not dead. He's surely alive and he's living on the inside. Roaring like a lion, my God's not dead. He's surely alive and he's living on the inside. Roaring like a lion, my God's not dead. He's surely alive and he's living on the inside. Roaring like a lion, my God's not dead. He's surely alive and he's living on the inside. Roaring Let hope arise and make the darkness hide. My faith is dead, I need a resurrection somehow. Let hope arise and make the darkness hide. My faith is dead, I need a resurrection somehow. Now I'm lost in your freedom Oh, this world I'll overcome My God's not dead He's surely alive and he's living on the inside Roaring like a lion My God's not dead He's surely alive and he's living on the inside Roaring like a lion My God's not dead he's surely the ground with the sound of revival let heaven roar and fire fall come shake the ground with the sound of revival let heaven roar Surely 
bearing crown of thorn and thistle, the King of Jews was found on a cross, bloodied and broken, crimson river flowing down. As darkness fell upon Golgotha, tortured body wrapped in shroud, our Messiah lay beneath the And every curse upon his shoulders With our sin he was adorned Perfect lamb led to the slaughter As a ransom for our souls One last act and it was finished Power of sin and veil were torn On this cross was our victory won his love we will overcome. Long live the king. Here we go. Long live the king. The wrath of God and man now satisfied. Long live the king. Once and once for all. That none might die. Now every sin and sickness bows its knee. I can't help but lift my hands and sing, Long live the King. Then within the bowels of Hades, a trembling was made. Very breath of God descended, the dread itself could not enslave. The exodus of ancient sinners marched in triumphal parade. Finally, hell had been overcome by Jesus Christ, the anointed
breathing life into the body of the lamb who had been slain and resurrecting like a lion as the stone was rolled away jesus christ is not glorified god
before you declaring this truth this morning no matter the circumstances that are swirling in our lives God we can have peace because of Jesus that you are with us in the midst of the storm you never leave us you never forsake us you are always there as our comforter and as our friend and as our guide Jesus we just say thank you because it is truly well 
with your presence in our lives, God. We give you this time and all that we are this morning, God, would you open up our hearts and our minds to hear from the word that you've placed on Pastor Bob's heart this morning, God. We lift you up and we praise you and you alone this morning, Jesus. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. You may take your seats. Before you leave, freeze, youth freeze. We have, our youth have been coming in and doing worship with us on Sunday mornings. And it's so good to have you all in here with us. I want to thank you for being here. It is a, it is a, uh, a thrill for me. And also, we have a prospective youth pastor and his wife here today. Uh, Justin and Holly, just stand up and wave. Stand up and wave. Good to see you. All right, let's be praying for them. Okay, now youth, you are released. What's, what's that old commercial? Release the hounds. There they go. I, I want to thank all of you. This is so cool for me today, seeing people from both services, early service and late service here together. This is great, and I want to commend you. I want to thank you. This happened. There were several incidences of this today. I've, I've witnessed, and some have even talked to me about them already People have come into the building and somebody was in their regular seats. <laughs> and there have been no fisticuffs whatsoever. I want to thank you, thank you, thank you so much for your, uh, your civility today. That's, uh, that's, uh, that's awesome. Um, we are continuing in our series today. It's called It's Not Easy Following Jesus but it's always worth it. It's not always easy following Jesus, but it's always worth it. And today I want to talk about how it's worth it even when you're in a hurry. Now, last Sunday, we talked about Pentecost when the Holy Spirit came down and fell upon the church and the church began. Well, today is Pentecost Sunday. We were really just like a step ahead of where we should have been last, last week but we talked about that. Today, we want to talk about the events immediately following that, about what happened to these followers of Christ after they were empowered by the Holy Spirit. But first, let me ask you this question. Have you ever been in a hurry to fulfill a responsibility, to do something really important, to have fun, or whatever it is, but you were just anxious, you were in a hurry, you were in a rush, and you were faced with an opportunity to do something different. Maybe you were faced with a need. Maybe there was an emergency that, that, that took place that you needed to respond to. My wife this morning was up, and she, was, she had her morning planned out. She was going to go to the gym. She was going to come home. She was going to change. She was going to come to church, and she got a call from a friend who was sick and needed to go to the hospital. So she dropped everything. Her, her plans changed. And so she's at the hospital with a friend even right now. Sometimes those things happen, and when they do, it's not always easy. John and Margarita, you are really a long way from your seat. I, sorry. It's, 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 I've, I, you know, when people sit in different places, this is going to be tough on me. It fouls me up. If you usually sit over here and one Sunday morning you're sitting over there, it messes with me, so please, uh, please be uh, be patient with me today. Um, I've had three instances in my life that just really came to mind while I was preparing this this sermon this week. 
when I was in a hurry and something happened and my plans changed. One Saturday morning, I was up. I was on my way to men's prayer. I was uh, running a little bit late, which is not uncommon. And I drove by Clovis Elementary School. There was nobody on the roads, nobody on the sidewalks, nobody anywhere. And I saw a body laying in the middle of the basketball courts at Clovis Elementary School. I kind of drove by a little ways and I thought, no, I need to stop. I need to see if this person needs help. I went back, long story short, they were unresponsive. I couldn't, I couldn't wake them up. I called the police. I called 911. I waited till they got there. I told them the situation. I stuck around for a few minutes and they were able to revive the person. I mean, basically, they were just passed out drunk and sleeping it off. But it was somebody laying there, it was a body there, and I had to wrestle for a minute in my mind, do I get to where I'm supposed to be on time? Do I fulfill this responsibility or does this need become more important? There was another time, it was a Sunday morning, I was on my way to church and I was over by Buchanan High School and I was just driving by a car and the door of the car flung open and a lady just started throwing up everywhere. And I drove by and I thought, man, that's kind of sick. And I went, got down to the end of the street. I got down to the, all the way down to the end of the street, the next intersection. I thought, that lady really may need help. So I went around the long way. And by the time I got there, I thought, surely some good Samaritan's gonna stop and help her and I'm off the hook. Nobody had stopped. So I stop and I talk to this lady and sister, assist her a little bit and she assured me she'd be fine to drive home by herself, but it was one of those moments when God spoke to me, so if there's a person in need, you have an opportunity to help. And then a third time was a time I was at the golf course and I was waiting to play in a fun golf tournament. And I was in the, the, the grill, I was eating breakfast, it was before it was time to start, and somebody ran and says, Bob, you better get out there they need you out there. And a friend who was on his way over to play in that tournament had a diabetic episode and he blacked out and he crashed his car through the fence into the, the golf club, rolled his truck into a tree and it killed him instantly. And so that morning I was on my way to have fun and I ended up contacting his wife and spending time with his wife and doing those things instead, I didn't have to do that. I could have had a good, well, knowing that happened, I wouldn't have had a good time. <clears throat> but I could have gone on with my plans, but I felt that God wanted me to stop and take care of this need. Now this morning, we're going to talk about two of the apostles who had their schedules disrupted by someone in need. In fact, let me just say this before we read it even, it was somebody in need that it would have been natural for them to think that this person didn't matter that much. But this is what they did. Acts chapter three, verses one to 11 reads this way. Peter and John went to the temple one afternoon to take part in the three o'clock prayer service. As they approached the temple, a man lame from birth was being carried in. Each day he was put beside the temple gate, the one called the beautiful gate, 
so he could beg from the people going into the temple. When he saw Peter and John about to enter, he asked them for some money. Let me just stop here. Every day, people would carry this man who had been lame since his birth, unable to walk, unable to, to, to take himself anywhere, and people would take him to the temple gate, they would drop him off, and basically they would leave him there all day so that he could beg for money. And this money was the way that, that, that he existed. It was his livelihood. Verse four, Peter and John looked at him intently, and Peter said, look at us. The lame man looked at them eagerly, expecting some money. But Peter said, I don't have any silver or gold for you, but I'll give you what I have. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, get up and walk. Then Peter took the lame man by the right hand and helped him up. And as he did, the man's feet and ankles were instantly healed and strengthened. He jumped up, stood on his feet, and began to walk. Then walking, leaping, and praising God, he went into the temple with them. All the people saw him walking and heard him praising God. When they realized he was the lame beggar they had seen so often at the beautiful gate, they were absolutely astounded. They all rushed out in amazement to Solomon's colonnade where the man was holding tightly to Peter and John. What an amazing story this is. This is a man who hadn't been able to walk since he was born. This was a man who sat pitifully, if you will, by the temple gate begging for money for whatever he could get every single day. Peter and John come by and Peter addresses him and talks to him and I'm sure that happened very rarely. I'm sure most people walked by. Some people probably turned and looked the other direction. Some probably looked down. But I'm sure hardly anybody even ever looked at him in the face. But Peter said, we don't have money to give you, but we'll give you what we have. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, rise up and walk. The man jumps up. He had never been able to walk. He didn't have muscle tone in his legs. He didn't have strong bones. But it says he began to walk, then he began to jump, he began to leap, he began to run around, and he was praising God. What a skeptical that must have been. People recognized him because he was there every single day. God did a miracle through Peter and through John. Then Acts 3, 12 to 26, records a, a very public sermon that Peter delivered um, within the temple courts, it begins this way. I wish I could read the whole thing. But verses 12 to 16 say this. Peter saw his opportunity and addressed the crowd. Here's another opportunity yet. He was on his way to prayer meeting. He was on his way to fulfill his responsibilities as the head of the church. First, he stops. He addresses a man. He heals a man. He could have done that and said, okay, I got to get to church now. But instead of doing that, he saw another opportunity to address the crowd. He said, people of Israel, he said, what is so surprising about this? And why stare at us as though we had made the man, made the man walk by our own power or godliness? For it is the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, the God of all our ancestors, 
who has brought glory to his servant Jesus by doing this. This is the same Jesus whom you handed over and rejected before Pilate, despite Pilate's decision to release him. You you rejected his holy righteous one and instead demanded the release of a murderer. You killed the author of life, but God raised him from the dead, and we are witnesses of this fact. Through faith in the name of Jesus, this man has been healed, and you know how crippled he was before. Faith in Jesus' name has healed him before your very eyes. There's a few things I want to point out in this this story today in in a broader sense than specifically happened there. The first thing is this, opportunities usually come at inconvenient times. Has anybody found that, ever found that? Even if it's an opportunity to be a blessing to a family member, even if it's the opportunity to speak into a family member's life, it's usually at an inopportune time, isn't it? And maybe you're up, maybe it's first thing in the morning and First thing in the morning is certainly not a good time of the day to talk to me. And I can think of many times when even family members have wanted to talk to me early in the morning, and I'm kind of like, talk to me later. Go away. I need more coffee. Opportunities come usually at inopportune times. We can have an opportunity at work, and your nose could be buried in your work, and you think, I don't have time to do that right now. I'm in the, I'm, I'm in the middle of something. Talk to me later. Peter and John were in a hurry. They were in charge. People were counting on him. What would happen if they were late or they didn't show up? But they recognized opportunities usually come at inconvenient times. They were keenly aware of the fact that they had just been filled with the Holy Spirit. Acts 1.8 talks about how we'll have power to be witnesses. We'll have power to be used by God. They recognized the fact that they had been empowered for moments just like this. Jesus, a short time before, had illustrated this when he gave them the, the, the talk, or that he gave them the parable of the Good Samaritan. This is recorded in Luke chapter 10, but Jesus replied with the story. A Jewish man was traveling from Jerusalem down to Judea, and he was attacked by bandits. They stripped him of his clothes, beat him up, and left him half dead beside the road. By chance, a priest came along. But when he saw the man lying there, he crossed to the other side of the road and passed him by. A temple assistant walked over and looked at him lying there, but he also passed by on the other side. Then a despised Samaritan came along. And when he saw the man, he felt compassion for him. Going over to him, the Samaritan soothed his wounds with olive oil and wine and bandaged them. Then he put the man on his own donkey and took him to an inn where he took care of him. The next day, he handed the innkeeper two silver coins, telling him, take care of this man. If his bill runs higher than this, I will pay you next time I'm here. Now, which one of these three would you say was a neighbor to the man who was attacked by bandits, Jesus asked. The man replied, 
the one who showed mercy to him. Then Jesus says, yes, now you go and do the same. Jesus had just told them that story not too long before. I'm sure at this moment they must have remembered that story. We can't just walk by. Now, a priest came by, and maybe he was worried about becoming ceremonially unclean or whatever, not being able to perform his duties. I don't know. But he looked at the man, and he kept on going. Temple assistant saw the man lying there, and I don't know what he was thinking. He may have been thinking, well, I've got duties to do. I've got things I've got to get done. And he walked on by but a despised Samaritan. And this story comes into clearer picture when, or focus when you recognize how Jews and Samaritans hated each other. They hated each other nationally. Uh, they hated each other in the way they worshiped. They hated each other culturally. They hated each other in every single way. Think for a moment. We shouldn't have these people in our lives, but if we're honest, we do. Think of the people or the kind of people that bother you the most, that you have the least compassion for, perhaps that group that you are the most critical of. And imagine that person as being the Samaritan in this story. And it was that person who stopped the help. It was that person who was used by God. So even though opportunities usually come at an inconvenient time, Jesus wants us to respond to them. Second observation is Jesus gives us the resources we need to help other people. The church had just been born by the coming of the Holy Spirit, and the Holy Spirit is the only resource that they had. It's the only resource that they need it. It's the only resource that we need. I think sometimes, now this, this isn't scripture. This is, this is my feeling. This is like Paul in the Bible. Sometimes he says, this was given to me by the Lord. You better listen. Other times he said, this is my customer. This is my opinion. This is my, this is my opinion. My opinion is, is that oftentimes we don't respond to the Holy Spirit because we take advantage of more resources than we need. Am I reading more Christian books, more Christian literature than I am the Bible? Well, that shouldn't be. The Bible is our textbook. It's our instructional manual. It's our playbook, playbook for life. Not all these other things, although these other books can be good. They can be insightful. They can help us a lot. But we need to focus upon the centrality of our faith, the main thing of our faith, and that's Jesus. And if we want power to serve him, we need to plug in to that power of the Holy Spirit because the Holy Spirit makes us more like Christ. You want to be more Christ-like? We're not going to get more like Christ just by reading some author. You're going to become more like Christ by inviting the Holy Spirit into your life and allowing him to transform you from within. The Holy Spirit gives us power to witness. I've, I've confessed to you all before. I'm, I'm an introvert by nature. Being bold evangelistically is not comfortable for me. That's just not who I am. But it's the Holy Spirit who gives us the power to witness to others. 
It's the Holy Spirit that guides us into truth. He's the one that helps us understand God's word. He reveals God's word to us so we can differentiate between what's right and what's wrong, what's good and what's evil. The Holy Spirit convicts us of sin. He's the one that points out those things in our lives that aren't pleasing to God and gives us the desires to repent or turn from those things. The Holy Spirit brings us closer to other believers. It's the Holy Spirit that creates that sense of love and care and community between those of us who belong to the family of God. He's the one that makes us brothers and sisters and makes us care and live together with each other. He even gives us the capacity to care and do something about needs when we see them in our lives. Um, we, we are kind of, if we're not careful, we can be on need overload. There are a lot of commercials that we see all the time for worthy organizations that try to make us feel guilty and guilt us into giving to them. Have you noticed that? More and more, I'll, I'll, I hope I don't offend anybody, but my pet peeve is when they sing Silent Night and show poor starving animals. How do you equate the two? But, you know, I, it, but they're trying to get through our, our emotions, and that may be a good cause, but we're trying to get guilted into everything. And because of that, sometimes we get jaded. Sometimes our hearts grow hard. Sometimes we don't respond the way God wants us to respond just because we're bombarded so much. But it's the Holy Spirit who gives us the capacity to care about others and to do something about it. It was not within my nature to stop and help that woman who was leaning out of her car um, doing unpleasant things. I was not in my nature. I even drove to the end of the street, I told you. I didn't even U-turn to go back a half a mile. I turned right to go a half a mile, then right to go another half mile, <laughs> then right. So I completed two miles before I got back, and she still, need, she still needed help. But it was the Holy Spirit that gave me the compassion to, and capacity even to do something about that. Another thing we see in this passage is God receives glory when we obey him. God received glory when Peter and John healed this guy. He was running and leaping and praising God. He was telling people how he'd been healed. He was telling people, I don't know, these guys just came along. They said, we don't have silver and gold, but I'll give you what I got in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, rise up and walk. Glory went to God in that moment. Acts 4, verses 12 to 4, and we're going to talk about this next week. But it says, there is salvation in no one else. God has given no other name under heaven by which we must be saved. And then the members of the council, this was Peter and John talking when they were, they, they were taken into custody. The members of the council were amazed when they saw the boldness of Peter and John. For they could see that they were ordinary men with no special training in scriptures. They also recognized them as men who had been with Jesus. But since they could see the man who had been healed standing right there among them, there was nothing the council could say. 
Glory went to God. These are ordinary men. They're no different than anybody else. They haven't even had special theological or, or biblical training. They are ignorant. I mean, that's the one thing I had loved about Jesus when he picked his disciples. Most of them were uneducated. Many of them were uncouth. They were just normal every day. Joes and Sams and Freds and Jesus said, follow me. And they were still those same people, but they recognized that they had, were men who had been with Jesus. And because they had been to Jesus, with Jesus, there was something different in their life. God receives glory when we obey him. Now, if we do an honorable thing uh, because we want attention for it, I say this, good, you've done an honorable thing. You've probably helped somebody, good for you. But if we do an honorable thing for God, not for ourselves, then he is definitely going to receive glory because we have obeyed him. Another thing we see here is opportunities usually result in more opportunities. That day, instead of simply meeting with the believers for prayer and Bible study, Peter was able to preach to many more. They could have, and nobody would have thought anything about it if they would have passed by this man. In fact, if we read Scripture and we read their habits, they probably passed by him many times before. And on that day, the Holy Spirit prompted them to stop. But had they gone about their ordinary activities, they would have missed that opportunity, and that man would not have been healed. Had they missed that opportunity and that man not been healed, they would have, that they, they would have missed the opportunity to preach to many more and to tell many more about the power and the love of Jesus Christ. And also, when we receive the Holy Spirit, when he's a part of our lives, I think we become more likable. When the Holy Spirit enters our lives, we become more likable. Galatians 5, 22 to 23 gives us what we call the fruit of the Spirit. It says, but the Holy Spirit produces this kind of fruit in our lives. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. There is no law against these things. Who wouldn't want to be around a person like that? Who wouldn't, wouldn't want to be around a person who's filled with love, they're filled with joy, they're filled with peace, they're filled with patience, they're filled with kindness, they're filled with goodness, they're filled with faithfulness, with gentleness, and with self-control. That sounds like a pleasant person to be around. Now, I don't want anybody to raise your hand or shout a name or anything, but how many of you have friends that kind of act in at least one of these areas completely opposite of that? And sometimes those friends, you see them coming, and, and, I, and as a pastor, I shouldn't admit this, but I'm going to. Sometimes I see those people going, and I'll say, good Lord, I don't have the ability to handle this today. Not them today. I don't want to hear more negativity I don't want to hear about how tough life is. I'm tired of hearing about their gallbladder. 
Yes, Lord, their kids are awful, but I don't want them telling me about it. I mean, and they go on, and sometimes we're like that. But man, wouldn't it be amazing to have somebody who's filled with this fruit of the Holy Spirit come up to you? The Holy Spirit, when we have opportunities, it usually results in more opportunities, and I think it's because the Holy Spirit makes us more likable. It makes us more pleasant people. It attracts others to us. And when people are attracted to us, we have more opportunities. So here's the question I'm gonna leave you with today. How many people do we, how many people do you walk by every day who need Jesus? How many people do we walk by every day who need Jesus? They need the help the healing, and the hope that only Jesus can give. Yet in our busyness, or worse yet, in our disinterest, we just walk on by. I want us to take just a moment to do a little exercise. We're gonna take a moment just in silence here today. If you're here, those of you at home, the same thing. But I want you to do this. Number one, ask Jesus to identify people in your life that you may pass by every day that desperately need Jesus. Who is it that you ignore? Whose needs is it that you ignore? Who needs the, the, the influence of Christ in their lives that only you can bring? And then let's ask Jesus to show us how we can love them, bringing them exactly the kind of healing in their lives that they need. Let's take a moment. Now, how many of us would say, not to me, not to the people around you, but you'd say to Jesus, Jesus, I want to be empowered by your Holy Spirit so that I can recognize opportunities and I can stop and make a difference in people's lives, even today and this week. Let me see your hand. Jesus, you see us. And Lord, I just pray, Lord, that you'll open our eyes. Sometimes we get so self-absorbed, so busy, so stressed out that we don't recognize opportunities. But I pray, Lord, that we will allow you to open our eyes to the people in need around us. And Lord, might we ask you how you want us to respond to those needs. And Holy Spirit, we invite you to anoint us, to empower us so that we'll respond and so that we can be used by you. And now I wonder if there's anybody here and you just say, I need to know Jesus. 
I'm not sure my sins are forgiven. I'm not sure I'm in a right relationship with Jesus. But you'd say, today, I want to ask Jesus into my life. I want to repent of my sins, and I want to turn to Jesus. If that's you, raise your hand. I want to pray with you. People at home. People at home as well. Lord Jesus, you see our hands, and more importantly than that, you know our hearts. And today we recognize that we need you. Maybe we didn't recognize before. Maybe we've just been ignoring you. Maybe we've never accepted your forgiveness of sins. Maybe we've kind of turned our backs on that. But Lord, today we acknowledge the fact that we're sinners. We repent. We turn from our sins. We ask for forgiveness. And we ask you to come into our lives and through your Holy Spirit to take up residence in our life today. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. If you prayed that prayer, whether you raised your hand or not, or if you're curious about that relationship that you can enter into with Jesus, we want to encourage you. On the back table, there's some New Believer Bibles. Please take one. If you're watching from home, please email us or text us or call us and let us know you've done this. And also, I believe there's great power in expressing with our mouths what we've done in our heart. And I want to encourage you, before you leave this place, if you prayed that prayer, to tell at least three people. Just go up to them and say, I prayed that prayer. Just let them know. Let's confess with our mouths what we've done in our hearts. Would you please stand as we sing this final song together this morning? Sing praises to your name. Praises to your name. The name that's so much higher than all names. And all
sing this out. community church in our local communities in the greater Fresno area Lord and that it would that it would seep out into our entire nation God that you called this church to be your light Lord we thank you that we get to gather as one body God we just thank you for that this morning Lord we give you all of our praise Lord we give you the rest of our Sundays and we pray all these things in Jesus name amen have a great Memorial Day weekend. See you next week. <laughs>